the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Well, dear ones, we have made it. We are four days into the new year and we're still safe. Unfortunately, though, we do know that some people on our island have expired through automobile accidents and all the rest, but we have really made it. And the Lord really put this message on my heart today. It's not an obligatory message to start the new year off, yet at the same time on the calendar, it's always a good time as we have a new year to begin to refocus again on some areas that might be very beneficial to us. And as I was sitting, sitting with the Lord and sensing where He would go or in our message today, I'm very confident that this is what He would have all of us to hear and perhaps for the Holy Spirit to speak to you in. But you know, it's always good too because we have an opportunity to go in a new direction, a new chance to start over. And whether you consider it or not, this is the century that you're going to die. Have you ever thought about that? Isn't that morbid and kind of depressing and discouraging? But really, that's kind of a wake-up call to all of us that it's going to be time for us to have to give an account of how we lived our life before the Lord. And God is going to look over everything that we have done, starting with our heart from the inside out. And we're going to have to give an account of that. Now, the account is not going to be to determine whether or not we go to heaven based on our works. But for those who know Christ, it'll be based upon just simply the good deeds that we've done to get rewards in heaven that He so much wants us to have. But as this is true, as I look back over my life, I was born in 19... you know, 1900. And on my little tombstone, it's going to say born 1900 and die uh, 20-something. And so whenever that's going to be, my life is over. And as I look back over my life, you and I could probably do the same thing, and we're going to see this. We're going to see areas in our life that we really regret, that we omitted, that we didn't do the things that we know that we could have and should have done. In fact, I like what a writer by the name of H.J. Brown wrote. He said, be bold and courageous. When you look back on your life, you'll regret the things you didn't do more than the things that you did do. And really, it has a strange way of working on us. The Holy Spirit reminds us all the time of the things we should do and we don't do and all that. But it's easier for us to get a handle on the sins that we commit. Usually someone points that out. We know about those sins. We get convicted. We do business with God on this thing and we start over. But it seems to be more difficult for us to think about the times that we missed opportunities when we could have done something. We'll call them regrets in our life. And so we don't want to look at our life from today forward of regrets that we could have done that we didn't do as we face that future. Some of us might say, all right, I do have a new do-over in my life, so what am I going to do with my life? What could I start over with? And I made a list of some of the more popular things that you hear from people that say, all right, this is my resolution for this year because I don't want to have a regret of things that I could have done that didn't do. One would be to spend more time with family, exercise more, read more, eat healthier, continue my education, do more for the community, find a cause to defend, maybe take up a new hobby, enjoy the beautiful outdoors and the beaches and the mountains, 
travel to places that I've never been, tell someone that I love them, and maybe even become fluent in a second language. Now I have to tell you, all of those are probably admirable things to do, although most of them in some measure will be wrapped up around you and me if I did that. And so if I had to look at my life and I could only choose one thing, one thing that would be so important for me to say, if I'm going to do this this year, if there's one thing, I want to pick that thing that the rest of it would come in order if I'm doing that one thing, that thing that I want to be devoted to. Well, in Scripture, obviously, we all want to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's none upon earth I desire beside the Lord. But in this loving the Lord, there's one thing, and that would be that you and I would begin this year focusing on a devotion to prayer. Now, let's look at the verse, and I took this now out of the New American Standard, and it goes like this. Devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And so as I looked at that, I had to find out, what does the word devote myself? You know, we don't use that word devote or devotions very much unless we're talking about, I'm going to have my devotions, which means I'm going to read my Bible. Have you ever used that term? Did you have your devotions today? You ever know what you meant by that? Have you had your time where that you and the Lord were devoted to Him and you were looking at the Word and you were devoted to learning the Word, learning to apply the Word, learning to talk to the Lord? I'm having my devotions. I'm devoting that time, that momentary time to the Lord at that time. Well, so I looked up the word devote and one of the great good Greek helps and I came up with the following maybe explanations and translations. One means to adhere to. If I'm devoted to my wife, that means I'm sticking with her and to her apart from anyone else, forsaking all others for her alone. I'm devoted to her. I'm going to stick to her. Maybe for some of you men, that's a hard concept to think in terms of adhering. So for you, I just use the term duct tape. Say that with me. Duct tape. That's when you stick together. I remember as a kid, I enjoyed doing more things by myself than maybe getting involved in sports. So I used to put together model cars, those plastic cars, those AMF cars. Maybe some of you older guys know what I'm talking about. We had the glue that you were allowed to buy back in those days because we didn't know enough to sniff it and go nuts. And so I would use that glue. But when I glue those parts together, sometimes I'd get a little bit of that ooey glue on my fingers and it would dry. Have you ever tried to get that glue apart? You can't do it except maybe with a blowtorch or maybe a razor blade. And blowtorch didn't appeal to me, so I'd have to separate it. Well, again, being devoted to the Lord would be, I'm stuck on you, Lord. And I'm stuck on you in the area of prayer. Another term would be persistent in it. In other words, we just don't give up. It's interesting, though, people today, they're really not persistent much on anything. Whether it's their career or marriages or commitments, they're really not. So if they're not really living a character trait of persistence, how can they be persistent even in their devotion time? But the other one that really caught my eye was tucked away at the end of the definition, and it says, to busy oneself with. Now that appealed to me because most of you know that I'm a high energy guy. I get up early and do all the stuff I need to do. Sometimes a little more task oriented than I am people related. But at the same time, I like to be busy. So now I have to ask myself, am I so busy doing tasks for the Lord, but I'm not busy in myself in my quiet time intimately knowing the Lord? And I have to tell you that I fall short. I put together a, a little checklist here for you and me to go through this morning. Just a couple of things to check to see if we're devoted to the Lord, devoted to Him in prayer, if we're stuck on Him, if we're persistent and we're busy in ourselves with our prayer time with Him. Let's look at four questions here. See how we would do. Yes or no? When others refer to me, are they likely to say, he, she is a person of prayer? Now, they might say that you're a person of, of maybe music, you're a person of preaching, or you're a person of the computer, or you're a person of sports, or you're a person of hobbies, or you're a person of whatever it might be. And none of that is bad. Don't, don't go there with that. 
But on the other hand, it shows that sometimes we're stuck on those things and we're just lightly attaching ourselves, maybe a little bit of a bump to the Lord, but we're not sticking on Him. Where are the prayer warriors of today? Usually our senior saints begin to slow their life down. They can't activate themselves so much, so they center down on prayer, which is a great thing. You are what I call the underground church today that's keeping us active for God. But where are the young women, the young men that really want to devote themselves to prayer? And remember, when you are devoting yourself to prayer, that will be the fuel that will propel you into the area of evangelism, the area of fellowship and ministry and other things in your life and will bring balance back into it again. Question number two is yes or no. When I tell someone I've been busy, is it primarily because I've busied myself with prayer? Sometimes we're asked to go to dinner or we're asked to go out or do something and I'm sorry, I've got a commitment. I'm sorry, I'm really busy. Most of the time we really are too busy or frankly, we're just too tired to go to that thing because we've been too busy doing other things. But how many times we've turned down an invitation because we have already made a covenant with the Lord that we are going to pray? And I ask that of myself. And number three, do I find myself daydreaming about the next extended period of time that I could be alone with God or when I can just have time to kick back and go surfing. Or whatever else you might like to do. How many of you are dreaming for the day you can go on vacation because you're just so stressed out with work and you know you can kick back? Only to go on vacation to get so busy you have to go back to work just to relax. Have you ever been there? I've been there. And so I look at number three there and I'm wondering, do I really daydream about my life, my schedule in such a way to push me into the area of a devotion to prayer? Number four is a multiple choice. Which is more likely of me? of you to say no to something because it would cut in to my prayer time when was the last time we really did that not said it as an excuse to get out of something but reality or B to skimp on prayer because I have a lot of other things going on well as I looked at that list I kind of fail in all of those myself so maybe this message is more for me than it is for you and so if you want to you can go those of you that want to stick around and continue getting convicted stay around Maybe at the end of all of this, though, we'll really grow in grace. But if you had to look at these three or these four questions, maybe number three and the first part of uh, four there, the letter A, that would seem the one that we should answer. And I, I hope that we look at this and we say, man, we really want to be people of prayer and to be devoted to prayer. Well, some of you might be in your heart saying, you know, I, I know all this. I, I've been a Christian. I've been to Bible school. I've been to Christian school. I, I've, I've been there. Some of you are on your early journey and you know that Christians pray. You know, all religions have some bit of mantra that they do. And so you say, I know we should all be devoted to that. But for us who know Christ as Savior, God in His Word really does give us wonderful reasons of why we should pray. And as I went through Scripture and preparing this message, again, maybe a little bit for me, and I hope it wasn't about me, but these principles are biblical. And so if you want to, you can follow along in your Bible. You can follow along in the little worship folder or on the screen behind me. But more than anything, don't sit back and say, oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, I've got to work on that. I've got to work on that. My prayer is that you would change your life by the end of today's message. I know, and I, maybe in a way, I know some of you may be a little feeling like I've stepped on your toes and pushed you a little bit further than I should, that I wasn't so full of grace. Right now as your shepherd, I love you and I love the Lord. And if there's anything I can do, whether it's loving you or putting my arm around you or screaming in your ear, if I can get the two people I love the most together, I would do it no matter what. You and the Lord together. And there are seven here, and I don't get alarmed by that many. We're going to go through them pretty quickly because I wanted to put a lot out there. If if you only grabbed one of them, one would be enough, I think, to motivate any of us, truly, to be devoted to prayer. So let's look at these, if you will, together. 
First one would be because it is our duty as a Christian. Now, I know we're under grace, and I know we should do it from the inside out, and I know that sometimes we do stuff when we feel like it. We do it when we don't feel like it, and sometimes we should do it until we do feel like it. But there is a duty. And don't hang up on that word duty. Most of us, we go to work because it's our duty to do that thing. If you're in law enforcement, what is your duty? Protect and serve. If maybe you're in a, a club, it might be my duty is, to, uh, is for God and country. I don't know. But we all have a duty, but there are duties for Christians that we do. And sometimes that duty helps us a little bit further. Yes, it's motivated by grace, but it's also the responsibility to go to God for the grace He so gingerly and graciously gives to us. So I picked out three verses you might want to look at. They've worked for me. The first one is found in Romans 12, and it says this. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. And then it says faithful in prayer. And I like what it says, be this way. In other words, we got to do this. Now let's leave out the joyful and hope and patient and affliction. Let's just go right to the, the meat of this. It says be faithful in prayer. Look up here if you will. I, I want you to see as much as you can the countenance I have for you. I know that we would say I'm faithful. We are faithful at praying in every crisis. <laughs> We're faithful at praying when really all else fails. Then what do we do? Pray. It didn't say, when all else fails, be faithful in prayer. Or when you go through a crisis, it says, be faithful in prayer. And the operative word there is faithful. Continue being faithful in prayer. The next is to pray continually. Now, some of you, in your mind, you're thinking praying continually must mean with hands clasped together and on your knees praying. Well, that is a position, and I don't have time in today's message, but it would be exciting for us to do just a study on the various positions, especially in the Old Testament, when people would call unto God. How they did it. Some laid down, some stood up, some raised their hand, some lifted up their palms. There was all different ways. But don't get hung up on the posture of prayer. Get committed to the practice of inner praying to the Lord. So it's a continual, continual thing. Then it says, devote yourself to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. Now, I'd like you to take a moment, since that's probably printed there in front of you, and would you now not circle the word devote, not circle the word to prayer. I'd like you to circle the word yourselves. Now, in all my messages, I am trying to come alongside parents to help guide their kids to become godly kids. And so that's important. But right now it says devote yourself to prayer. Devote myself to prayer. Now, I want my kids to pray. I want my sweet wife to pray as she would want me to pray. I want my staff to be alone with God praying and they would be people that you would know. That's a prayer warrior. And if I was in the secular world, I would want every Christian who worked in my secular world, those Christians, to be praying. I want my family to pray, all of that. But while I'm concerned about them, perhaps they're only going as far as I'm going in my devotion to prayer. So maybe what I need to do is to back off buckwheat on some of these people. And for right now, me be devoted. Maybe, there's a thought, maybe if I pray more for them and less browbeat them, they might come into the whole scheme of praying too. I don't know, but it's talking about being devoted to prayer. And you know, God, he's such a wonderful God. He wants us to do that. Look at number two. Why should we be devoted to prayer? Because we are promised that God hears our prayers. Now, I really like that thought. How many of you parents, sometimes your kids are going through a tough time? You know it because you've been around the barn. You've lived life. You know that something is not tracking in their spirit, their attitude, what they're saying, what they're not saying, their body language, how they come home, how they treat other things or other people in the family or pets. You just know something's not right with them. And you would like them to come to you and share that, what they're going through. But they don't. But you know that whatever it is is bothering them. It may be about you, 
But it may be about school. It may be about something that to you is no big deal, but to them it's a big deal. And so if it's big to them, it's big to them, whether it's big to me or not. Now, going back to this. So how many of you have finally said to your kids, tell me what's going on? And no, nah, not everything's fine. You know that's not true. Talk to me. Talk to me. Tell me what's going on. How many of you have pled with your kids for them to speak to you? Now, don't raise your hand. You've done that. And how many of you, perhaps some wives, have done that with your husband who goes through a tough time and he decides he's going to shut down for whatever reason? And you're saying, just talk to me. Just talk to me. Well, the Lord, in a sense, is saying that to us. Just talk to me. Now, it's not because he's trying to figure out why we're putting on this tood. He already knows that. He wants us to talk to him because in talking to him, we then can unload whatever that might be. It also draws us into an intimacy with him and it makes it all better. So it's really helping the relationship between us and him when we do. Now, kids to parents, when your parents say, talk to them, they don't always have to have an answer. They may not even give an answer that you'd like to hear. But by you unloading on parents, I'm going to tell you, that communication will do wonders for you. Some of you that even now, you've, your, your relationship has gone to the ooey-gooey, sticky, licky-facey stuff at honeymoon level, and now you're married, and the most you could talk about is, what are we having for dinner? How's the weather today? What was it like in traffic? You know, maybe some of us have now so retreated into that that we need to get alone with each other and get away from the distractions just to have that intimacy. Well, let me leave that because that's human relations, and I want this to be a thing upward with God. He just wants to hear from us. I remember when um, Carol and I were first married, we married young, pure kids, teenagers. We were pure on our married, on our honeymoon, all that. But we did marry young. I went into Bible college. In fact, I was already a year in Bible college. So you that have been in education and school, you're in Bible college. You're having to work. You got a new wife. You're trying to set up house. She's working. You got ministry. You're trying to keep all these plates spinning. And if you're somebody like me, I'm going everywhere because I'm a high energy guy. But let me tell you something. And Carol is here and you can ask her. When I go to bed at night, when my head finally hits that pillow, I shut off the light, I kiss Carol goodnight, I tell her I love her, and I say, I hope you had a happy day today. Tomorrow will be happier. And we basically a little prayer, that's it. I mean to tell you, I am snoring in less than 10 seconds. She thinks that there's something wrong with me, that I'm on some kind of medication or something. Just boom, I'm down. Well, when we were first married, similar things. I'd, you know, we'd get into bed and all that. And, and it was usually at that time because Carol did not know me and what makes me tick and ticked and all that. So she'd start sharing her day with me. And sometimes she'd have some concerns about life, herself, me, whatever it might be. And as a good husband, men, I want you to know that I paid attention for about as long as I could. I thought it was probably an hour, but she said it was probably about a minute and a half. And I would then, you know, honey, I am so sorry. I, I, just, I, just, could not, I just couldn't keep up with that. Let me assure you that even in a human level that we might do this, remember that Scripture says that our loving Lord, the one that you are on a journey to find, that Lord says He never sleeps nor slumbers. And there's a difference. We can sleep and we are dead to the world. Some of you, if I had you raise your hand, you slept through those illegal aerials. You just slept through New Year's. You're dead. On the other side of it, some of us kind of slumber. But the Lord never sleeps and He never slumbers. And he cocks his ear towards us. Don't you love that? Say amen. Don't you love that? Now let me give you the little hook on that. Let's go to the verse I've left you here. It's Psalm 34. The psalmist writes this. I love this verse. It says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he delivers them from all their troubles. Can you see that? Let's read this verse backwards, if you don't mind. It says here, He delivers them from all their troubles. And I say, Whoa, man, am I glad for that. Oh, Lord, get me out of this jam, financial jam, 
fitness jam with health or maybe friends are having problems with me. Whatever the jam I'm in, oh God, I'm so glad. There's a promise. He delivers me out of all of those. Praise the Lord. Then I go a little bit further back. Oh, the Lord hears me. That's how he can deliver me. That's great. He'll deliver me. He listens to me. And then I like the next part. Circle the word cry out, cry out. That means I could be, this crisis I could have could happen so quick that I don't have time to ease into the crisis. It happens so quick that I scream out. Let me use an illustration. There you are. You're carrying a bunch of stuff. You're getting ready to slam the door, but you forgot that your kid was still getting out of the car and that door just smashed your kid. That, that kid doesn't go, oh, look at that. That's really bruised. Mom, um, can I tell you that really bothers me that you did that and that really hurts? When you do that, and if you've ever slammed your fingers in the door, what do you do? You know, you go nuts over this thing. Well, we don't scream like that to God. But in a certain sense, those of you that have been in the vice of affliction, you know what it's like to go to God. And you can cry out. We love that. Affliction. He hears me. I cry out. But you know what the operative phrase in this verse is? Look at it. It says, the righteous cry out. Maybe we don't cry out to God. All we do is we... Watch this, people. We damn the thing when we cry out to God. You hear what I'm saying? We got this thing all goofed up in our mind. Now, you see where it says the righteous cry out? I think you need to understand that God can hear every one of our prayers, but he only chooses to hear the prayers of a righteous person. So what do we need to do? When we choose to go to the Lord and we know that he'll hear us, Now he wants to respond to a righteous person. Now, you'll find in Job, he says this. He says, the Lord will not hear the prayers of the vain. Vain means empty and useless. In Psalm 66, it says this. If I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. Now, let me explain something. All of us from time to time is going to step in it. We're going to have a problem. We're not talking about the person who, whatever happened, they had a bad moment and they did something wrong, they thought a wrong thought, they had a, an improper word that they shared, they were angry, whatever it might be. That, that's sin, I don't want to put that down. But that's a lot different than for us to continually walk in this particular sinful be- pattern from our heart to our mind to our work to our lifestyle. And so he says, that kind of person who's regarding iniquity, leaves the iniquity, doesn't do business with that iniquity, he says, he will not hear us. Don't say he can't hear us. It says he won't hear us. So that means he's choosing all of this. So in our mind, folks, uh, God's promised to hear us, but maybe when we do choose to devote ourselves to prayer, part of the devotion to prayer is to bring about a change of mind and a change of life in you and me so that we have a better relationship with him. Some of us, it has to stink so bad in our life before we finally want to clean ourselves up. We're so lazy with this stuff or we think it's not so bad until someone says, you stink it. And I hope that's not the case. I'm not trying to spank you all today. I'm not, I'm not angry. I didn't have too much caffeine this morning. At the same time, though, I am, I'm passionate about you and God getting it together. I love him so much, and I love you so much. And some of you are close, but you could be closer. And that's what I want to do, bring you together. All right, number three, because we need to hear from God. We need to hear from God. The verse is, I wait for you, O Lord. You will answer, O Lord my God. See, um, communication is really a two-way street, and you kind of need both to do this thing and how important it is. And so we need to hear it from God. How many of you have cell phones? 
Okay, I don't, don't turn them on. Don't, you get a cell phone, okay? We have cell phones too. And we have the plan that I could call Carol because she's on my plan as much as I want and they don't charge me minutes. How many of you have a plan like that? Don't you love that plan? I really like that plan because I don't chew up my minutes. But I love Carol having, I like Carol having her phone, especially when we go shopping at Costco. How many of you have ever been there? And somehow, whatever it is, Carol has a hard time staying right by me, you know? It's called tongue and cheek, okay? It's really me. So somehow we drift. And, you know, and I don't have time to look for her, you know? So I whip out my cell phone and speed dial Carol, and hopefully she has it where she can hear it. And then, Carol, where are you? Now, what really bothers me is when I see Carol in there, I punch the button. Hi, this is Carol. I'm sorry to be able to take your call right now, but if you leave your name, you know, I'm thinking, oh, where is she? Pick up that phone. Well, we know how frustrating it is in life. Let me just not make too much light of this. It's frustrating that I couldn't get her when I needed her and she backed me, etc. But let me tell you something. We can live through missing each other, contact at the mall or maybe at Costco. But I'm telling you, with the Lord, when we talk to Him, we dial Him up. He's right there. And He's right there to talk back to us and to have a real relationship with us. I'll talk about that a little bit later. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. FM, AM 950, The Word. You have some uh, partly cloudy skies out there right now. 86, feels like 95. I'm Alan Dempsey. Always appreciate the company. Hey, it's it's Friday. We made it. Happy? Me too. (laughs) And it's uh, 5.56, and we have really fine ministry coming up for you next at 6. Dr. Charles Stanley and In Touch. And if you are a pastor, you are invited to our free event this year, the Pastor's Appreciation Lunch, coming up October 26th at the Rosen Plaza on iDrive. Now, our featured speaker for this year is the pastor and speaker for Know the Truth and National Ministry Program, Dr. Philip DeCourcy. Baswava. Huge uh, ministry expo for all the pastors, a delicious lunch, always good, praise and worship, and a few special surprises. So it's something uh, all pastors uh, should attend, and it's absolutely free. You can sign up if you're a pastor. Do it today at thewordorlando.com. That's thewordorlando.com. And by the way, when you see your pastor this Sunday, uh, pass the word along about the all-new Pastors Appreciation Lunch and Expo. That's coming up October 26th, presented by 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. 
is probate? Probate is the legal process of settling a person's final affairs by ensuring creditors' claims are addressed and the individual's assets are distributed to the proper persons. Hello, I'm Karen Eastry, attorney. I share your values. I would like to assist you with the process of preparing estate planning documents that state your wishes so that in the event of your death or disability, your wishes are clearly stated, personalized for your situation. After you have lost a loved one, I can help you through the probate process from start to finish. Call me, Karen Eastry, 407-869-0900 to discuss ways I can assist so that if you die or are sick or disabled, your wishes are honored and your loved ones protected. Let me help. I'm Karen Eastry. That's E-S-T-R-Y, attorney, 407-869-0900 or go online to altamontlaw.com, offices, Altamont Springs. Lighthouse Christian Preparatory Academy in the land invites you to a great family fun day at our open house and carnival. Saturday, August 19th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Located at 126 South Richwood Avenue in the land for a great time for the whole family. Lots of music, lots of fun with free games, water slides, obstacle course, slip and slide, bounce house, cake walks, giveaways, and more. Come and meet a friendly Chick-fil-A cow. For more information, call. 386-734-5380 386-734-5380 extension 332 or just a buy and prepare for a day full of fun raffle tickets required for food and drinks lighthouse christian preparatory academy in the land where we educate your child empowering their hearts mind and soul preparing each child towards a life that glorifies god lighthouse christian preparatory academy in the land Hi, I'm Steve Lash with Holiday Rent-A-Car, a division of Blue Book Cars. Finding yourself in need of a low-priced rent-a-car? Call us at Holiday Rent-A-Car. We can help you with all your rental car needs. Starting at only $14.99 a day, that's right, $14.99 a day, it won't break the budget. Whether your car's in the body shop, repair shop, or maybe you have family or friends that are visiting and need a car, we are here for any in-state rental car need. To be sure, Holiday Rent-A-Car is your lowest-cost rent-a-car option. We have cars and minivans to rent, but make a reservation at these low prices, they rent fast. Since 1980, Holiday Rent-A-Car in Sanford has helped thousands. Remember, we have a current service special paying only $9.99 a day when your vehicle is being serviced at our shop. You know, Blue Book Service Center, the best lowest price repair shop. So no waiting and you can be more productive. So call us today at 407-321-0741 or visit us at bluebookcars.com. We're saving you money. 94.9 FM and AM 950. Central Florida's WTLN Orlando. The word where faith comes by hearing. The following program is furnished by... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn... 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.